business is not different from yours. It's so important that you get that, that my business, I have now, listen, if you know my story, you know I've owned insurance companies, I've had, a, I've had funeral homes, I've had a um, foreign currency exchange company, I had a pet supply company, I've built a law firm from scratch, I've built this consulting firm from scratch, and a myriad of other little businesses along the way that I've helped or personally built. And I can tell you that the fundamental thread that runs through those businesses is absolutely the same. And so the, the thing that I'm about to teach you today is the same for all the businesses that I've ever worked in. And, and it's true of all of the things that I teach. And so that's why I have us take this oath every time. So I hope that didn't feel too creepy. Trust me, there's no Kool-Aid. Let me slip through the computer screen for anybody. Uh, but that's, that's the basis of, of what I wanna make sure you understand. So why is it important that we're gonna learn this now? All right, that's good. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. So the reason that this is important now is because it's timely. The information I'm about to give you, the reason I chose this topic first is because of the time of year. So this is where I would ask, I guess, Blaine, if he was on the call. And again, for those of you that are just joining, I know it's quarter after the hour. For, if you're just joining me, I noticed a few more people came in. This was supposed to be an interview. Blaine was going to interview me. Um, Blaine got called away on a family emergency. So for those of you that pray, prayers are welcome. Uh, his wife got taken to the emergency room. And I got a text. I think that she's okay. But you, you know that what that's like, you go to an emergency room, it's going to take forever. So he's not going to be on this call. And, and I certainly pray that everything's going to be all right there. But uh, anyway, I'm going to ask you. So what do you think is on the mind? Uh, and you can type it in the chat. Again, if you don't know where the chat is, over in the more section, you, go, you can go to the chat section. What do you think is on the minds of every American who earns an income right around this type of time of year? Go ahead and type it in. What, what's on the mind? Yeah, taxes. Okay, we got it. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, you got it. Taxes is on everybody's mind, right? It's just, they're bump. I mean, if you've watched any sports at all over the weekend and these crazy commercials from TurboTax, uh, we're not going to go into that, but talk about outrageous marketing, right? They've got some really outrageous marketing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it, I highly recommend you look it up for the entertainment value alone. Uh, go ahead and, and YouTube uh, TurboTax is outrageous marketing. Um, for the for right now, but TurboTax, H&R Block, um, they're they're all like riddling the airways, both on radio and TV and billboards and newspapers, and they're really just blanketing the airways with messages about tax. So tax is on everybody's mind, and in marketing, one of the things that we want to make sure that we're doing is we're having the conversation with our client or our prospect that's already going on in their head, and so this is the most important time of year for that. And so let me let me share with you why. So I, uh, today we're going to talk about what I call the accounts receivable machine. So um, we're going to really unpack what this means and, and um, what it looks like in a law firm. Because when I built the law firm in Phoenix, um, for me, the most profitable time of year, I call it Christmas in a law firm, is between January and April. Um, now, it was a bankruptcy and tax resolution law firm, so there's a little bit more, you know, weight on that because of the type of practice it was, but I've worked with, you know, literally hundreds of different um, law, law firms directly and, you know, dozens of different practice areas, and this truth is true regardless of the practice area. I guess you can make an argument that if you're a pure contingency firm, if all you do is PI, Social Security Disability, or Workers' Comp, that this, this conversation may not be for you, and, and that's okay. Uh, I get it. 
um, I'm assuming you you weren't a tr you may maybe if you are a pure contingency firm, stick around. I think you can learn a few things here or there. But um, th this is really for the firm that if you either bill flat or you bill hourly, and you have clients who owe you money in any way, shape, or form, or you just secretly suspect that you're not charging the right fee. Uh, this is something that uh, is really going to help you with this AR machine. The accounts receivable machine for me is designed, and this is a writer downer. This is what you want to know about the accounts receivable machine. It allows you to maximize the fees that you charge as well as maximizing the amount of people who are on plan versus off plan. So maximizing the fees that you charge as well as maximizing the people who are on plan versus off plan. All right, so for those that just joined, I saw we got a couple of more come in. Welcome. Um, again, this is uh, designed originally as an interview process. Blaine isn't going to be here. He had a family emergency. Um, we are unpacking um, what we call the accounts receivable machine today, and we're going to show you step-by-step step, um, kind of how to do what I'm going to tell you. Now, the accounts receivable machine is a big, hairy, audacious beast, right? So there's a lot to it. I'm, I'm picking kind of a couple of key parts out of it today to get you some really quick results, and we're, we're going to tie these two thought processes together, this idea that taxes are already on everybody's mind and the accounts receivable machine is the system that we're going to focus on today. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, you wonder why you should listen to me. Um, well, uh, so if you're my kids, you probably won't listen to me. Uh, but but uh, the truth of the matter is that I've done this, right? So I've built a law firm with my own two hands. Uh, the story goes that I was teaching lawyers how to do this, uh, build systems. Uh, I had stumbled onto working with a guy that worked with lawyers. I fixed his business. He asked me if I could teach other lawyers how to do what I did for him. I said, yes. The guy saw me speak. Um, he happened to be a lawyer. I was in Vegas. He said, hey, you're in Phoenix and I'm in Phoenix. How about you, you take your crazy ideas? And as long as you protect my license, we can go build a law firm together. He says, you can't own it, but if, you, if it works, you get to tell the world about it. And if it doesn't, well, you get to fail miserably in a public forum. And so, uh, and so I took a chance, and, and I was in the right place in my, myself financially and with my family, and we, we just said, yeah, let's, let's do it. So um, we, we shared a desk, kneecap to kneecap, and um, we, we literally, he was on one side of the desk, and I was on the other side of the desk. I mean, I mean that's like literally how it was. Um, we had a little executive office suite. We did $0 in sales the first day um, because we had no business. All we had is a couple of names from referrals that we can pack back into, and we had one yellow page ad and a Google listing uh, that was kind of held over from his old partnership that he broke up with. And within uh, two and a half years, we grew it to three and a half million in annual sales. Um, and that was a great story. And, but the most important part of that story is this, and this is, this is really important. Even for those of you that know me, you've heard me say this, but sometimes you don't catch it. The guy that was that I that I partnered with, and I, and I don't tell his name anymore because really he got so sick of I do so many of these, he got so sick of being hammered by everybody. I just promised, you know, about three years ago that I would stop giving out his name because he, quite frankly, he was just getting hammered. Yeah, you know, just have to take my word for it that the story really exists. Um, but anyway, um, he he uh, he had a lifestyle that was unbecoming to what he wanted to achieve. He had a young uh, child at the time, never was home in time for dinner, worked every single Saturday, hadn't taken a vacation ever since he became a lawyer, uh, which was, I think it was about five years at that point. And, uh, and he, but he was already successful. So his firm was already doing well financially. He was making more money than most people uh, thought that you would make as a, you know, five-year attorney. Um, I'm talking multiple six figures. 
and and um, and but the problem is he wasn't free. And so the question was, could we build this for him so he could accomplish his income and and still gain his freedom? And we did. The, the, the you know we grew it to that three and a half million. What's important to know is his income didn't necessarily skyrocket right in the, in the early stages, but his freedom did. Uh, within within uh, you know a year, he took his first vacation for a month. He, he he was never in on Saturdays unless he and I swapped on and off. And uh, and he only worked nights if he, if he really felt like he needed to, but it was very rare. So that's the most important part about that. And so the reason why you should listen to me is that the, the other reason is I've worked with hundreds of attorneys that, to help them understand how to do this. And the ones who grab it and, and get it um, really make a difference. Jamie Miller's been a client of mine for a long time. This is what Jamie says about this particular system. I mean, Jamie's really swallowed all of the systems that I've ever dished out and he's really made a difference in his practice. I mean, he's he's 400% larger than he was, I think, when we started working together. Um, but, uh, and, and his first goal, by the way, was he wanted to take Saturdays off. That was all he wanted to achieve. Um, and I don't know if he's on the call. If you are, hi, Jamie. Um, but, but anyway, this is what he said to me about this AR machine. He said, before we used to have stacks of client files who owned, owed the firm money. So, you know, there's a bankruptcy attorney, so they took the the case for you know a little bit of money down money down, and then they owed them balance, and they literally lined the walls of this one often. But once he implemented the accounts receivable system that we laid out for you, and Mark Dimmer, who's on the call here, he he helped Jamie with this. Um, the files are gone, and the money is in the bank, and the staff feels confident. And this is I think this is the most important part, and that's why I underline it. The staff feels confident that when a client hires the firm. They're going to take them to the finish line. You know, regardless of the type of uh, law that you practice, if, if your client doesn't pay your bill, um, you're probably going to withdraw from the case at some point. You're not going to take them to the finish line, and and that's what was happening in Jamie's world. They were they were they were doing a great job of marketing. We'd fix that problem in the very beginning, but they were getting all these cases that weren't paying their bill, and then we put the AR system in place, and, and that problem went away. So. That, that's what this is all about for me is really having you keep as much money as you can flowing into the firm because that creates more profits and, and ultimately allows you to help more people. Yes, you get to make more money as an owner too. I don't, I don't have a problem with that, but really it allows you to have a healthy business that can help more people. So let's keep going. So why am I giving this information away for free? I, there's a couple of reasons that I said, I said it earlier that I, I'm really committed this year that I want to... I want to not put such an onus on the information because I've now come to understand, I've been saying the same thing. So that first presentation I gave, whatever, more than a decade or 12 years ago, um, when I helped that, that, when I was in Florida giving my first presentation on what I called the seven, the, the DNA of the seven-figure law firm. And uh, I, I taught the same things then that I'm teaching right now. It's ironic. I, and, and nothing has changed. I mean, I've got a little bit more gray. I haven't gotten any more bald. I got my eyes fixed. I don't have glasses. But the information is the same. I mean, it literally is. I, I stood up on stage uh, in, in boot camp, and I, and I gave presentations, and I, and I watched my presentations, so I always can try to get better. And I listened to them. I'm like, man. That's the same stuff I've been saying for more than a decade. I mean, and and so I've been saying it longer than that, but to just specifically to attorneys for for that long. And so um, it's not about the information. What what it's about is it's about the peer group and and the accountability and 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 having the implementation meetings to be able to get together. But so I've really made a commitment to to doing more and giving more to the legal community. That's my goal this year. So I'm going to do one of these a year. If you if you weren't on before, I'm going to do one of these a month. Sorry, I'm going to do one of these uh, presentations a month, and I'm going to try to create as much value as I can. There's there's two other reasons though, um, and the first one is uh, not self-serving. So I I like to think about uh, an attorney's world, any business owner's world, but we're speaking to attorneys today. So I like to think about 
what I call the four futures. So if you imagine, if you're on the computer, you can see, if you can't and you're just dialed in, if you imagine there's a box on the left and there's five boxes on the right, and we're gonna connect these boxes in just a second. And so if you connect, start connecting these boxes, you can see on a timeline, we've kind of got now one year and two years. And then what happens is if you draw a line from the box on the left, we'll call that today, to the box on the right, which is your future. If you don't do anything, or if you just kind of tread water, you're gonna have the same or no change. And, that, and that's the problem, you know, um, you'll, you'll, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're always gonna get what you always got. That's what my grandfather said, right? So, um, you know, or the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Whatever cliche feels best for you. But the bottom line is that you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get a change if you don't, if you don't do something. And, and quite frankly, if you do nothing, um, you know, I believe a business moves forward or moves backwards, but it can't stand still. So, so just inertia is going to take you in the wrong direction uh, if you do nothing. And so the goal is, is to figure out, well, what four futures could we possibly have? And so really, here's how I look at it. And, and this is an epiphany that I got at boot camp. And, and I got it, I believe I got it from God. We, we won't get into that today, but, but know that I, I truly believe that this was delivered to me by the man himself. And so um, this idea that a, a law firm is either in one of four stages, and, and so they're either in chaos, um, they're in growth, they're healthy, or they're free. And so kind of below the line is growth and chaos. I know growth sounds like a positive word, but you'll hear me lay it out just for a little bit. You can be in growth and still be, feel like you're, you're not, you know, your firm could be growing, but it doesn't mean that you're happy and have a good life. Um, and then healthy and freedom are above the line, and, and you really freedom is the ultimate goal. And, uh, and I'm really 2018. I'm really going to pour myself into identifying, helping law firms identify which stage they're in, and more importantly, helping them get from one stage to the next. That's not the point of this conversation, but I want you to know that this is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Now let's just identify these real quick. Chaos um, is means oftentimes I find that lawyers are in debt. Uh, they work seven days a week, not five days a week, and they've got no time, no money, and no plan. Uh, that's typically where I find chaos is. That this is that lawyer who's who's not making a lot of money, or, or the money they're making is 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 just circling and drain because there's debt, and they they haven't really figured out a system of how to manage it all. Uh, growth. Okay, so we're growing in the right direction. So we're, our firm is growing. The top side number is growing. Um, but there's no bottom side number. I like to say top side numbers for vanity, bottom side numbers for sanity. And so the, the, top, the top side number is growing, but the bottom side isn't, and you're, and you're living month to month. Like you're, you literally have no profit and you're scared about payroll and you're, you're not sure how you're going to make it. And, and you work six days a week and nights. Um, and there's no profit from the business. It's just you take a salary from the business, right? So you're in the growth phase. You, you look at your top side numbers and get excited that you grew this year over last, but you're not keeping any of it. You're not in, you don't really have a business. You still have a job that happens to look like a business, but it's not. Um, and then healthy is where your, your staff runs the business. You work five days a week uh, and you're profitable. So you, you still have to show up every day. Uh, the business still kind of requires, you know, you to be there um, and you are profitable, but everybody else runs the business. And, and I, I like to say systems run your business and people run your staff. Sorry, systems run your business and people run your systems. Um, and so this is where your staff is running the business through systems. And then freedom is and, and you know, you've got a half a million plus in the bank, 
Um, and um, you know, I mean cash, right? I don't mean, oh, my house is worth that because the market has gone up. Um, and you work uh, three days a week because um, you, you realize you can't completely walk away from the business. You own it. You have to have be plugged in at some level, but you're not, you're not doing any of the legal work. You're, you're only doing the things you want to do. And if legal work's what you want to do, maybe you're doing it, but um, you're, you've got what I call passive income. That's income that you make, whether you roll over or roll out of bed, right? You, you can go away for uh, a week or a month and come back and your business will actually grow without you. Um, uh, so uh, let's do a little, uh, uh, test here. So you're in the chat. So tell me, um, just just give me a heck yeah if, if you all want to be in the freedom stage. Heck yeah, in the chat. Go ahead, type it in. Heck yeah if you want to be in the freedom stage. Anybody? Nobody? Yeah. Okay, there we go. All right, so we want to be in the freedom stage. So um, it, what's important, we're not going to be able to unpack this in this system today because we've only got an hour, but um, we'll do more of this in February for those of you that are coming to February. But um, Here's what I want you to know that um, you, you very well could be in more than one stage at a time. So you could be in the healthy stage and then, and then fall back to the growth stage for a little bit um, for different reasons. You could have key team members leave. I, I had uh, my business manager uh, be recruited by a billion dollar company as well as my lead tech person. They happen to be father and son and they both got recruited by the same billion dollar company this year. As a feather in my cap, because uh, because I had my my top guys recruited by a much bigger company than than us, and that, that was cool. But that doesn't mean that it made my life any easier. So, so that can happen. Um, you know, macroeconomics can be involved. Um, sometimes you can be in chaos and growth at the same time. Um, but ultimately, you want to be able to learn how to get to freedom and taste freedom. And and so um, while I've been spending the last six months in the healthy stage but I've been doing, the business has required my attention, know that I'm, I've got a plan and, and I'm in the hiring stage right now to move me back into complete freedom again, um, which is where I was, you know, eight or nine months ago. Um, so that's, that's part of business. Being a business is busy. It's tough. Running a law firm is even harder. And that's why we're here. All right. So that's the first reason. So that's the non-selfish reason. The selfish reason is if you've, uh, oh, by the way, sorry, the goal is to go from chaos to free, right? That's, that's the goal. Um, and then, and the other thing I want to mention is that um, while this is like a three-year cycle, oftentimes to get to freedom, you know, I got this now, one year, two years, three years. Um, there is what I call a phenomenon where you can go from where you are today, and in like less than a year, uh, you can get to freedom. Now, I'll, I'll warn you, that takes an awful lot of work, uh, and that we're not going to get into today, and it takes an enormous mindset change um, that attorneys. I find have to go through. So while I want to inspire you, it's possible, and I have seen it happen. Howard Snyder is probably the best example. I don't know if he's on the call today, but um, you know, he he literally went in 60 weeks from from where he was to completely free at times. Um, and so I've seen it happen, and I've seen it happen more than once. Um, Howard is probably the most recent story. I would say that um, Todd and Todd Farmer and Sam Wright uh, also experienced that. They were the winners of the EAY. A challenge this year, uh, and we had uh, Mike Chastain, who still practices law, who was a finalist, and Buck Mallory, who uh, still practices law, and he was a finalist. So I'd say Todd Farmer and Sam Wright, as well as uh, Howard, are the two that got there in that you know that 12-month period of time. So it's possible, but I, but I'm not making that promise to anybody. You really have to, and you got you got to you got to let it all on the line to, to be able to do that. Um, so. 
the, the selfish reason that I'm telling you today, if, you, if you're not in our world, that um, I just want to invite you that if you want to know more about this, you want to know more about us, we, we, we try to put the wood in the fireplace before we ask for heat, but go ahead and you can, you can schedule some time with us. This is what the, the site looks like. Uh, the, the website is therichardjames.com, therichardjames.com, forward slash P-T-G-P, that's Peter, Peter, George, Peter. Um, and, and it really stands for Personalized Practice Growth Plan, and that's where we're going to invest some time with you. We schedule 20-minute appointments to kind of unpack where you're at, and, and oftentimes we'll take a little bit longer than that if you've got some time, and, and we'll share with you um, how maybe how you can uh, figure out where you're at and how you can move from one stage to the next. Okay, that's the last of the crash commercials. So uh, here's my first promise, that I was going to give you seven techniques. Let's get into the meat of it, all right? Seven techniques. So here's, we're going to talk about the AR machine, the seven techniques. The first of the seven techniques, um, and I'm running on time, and we've got about the right number of people, so I don't have to do any more um, commercials for anybody who's new on the call. So, uh, inspect by report. Now, if, if you've been around me along at all, you know that I believe in three parts of any system. The first is harvest every single piece of information about every single thing, every single time. The second is inspect by report, and the third is automation. That's how you build a system. If you've never heard that before, it's a writer downer. That is harvest every single piece of information every single time. Second is inspect by report. And the third is automation. Oh, cool. We've got a whiteboard up there. Neat. Don't know how that happened, but we're just going to run with it. So um, we've got this, uh, this concept of inspect by report. So what does that mean in the first technique? Well, the first technique um, really uh, means that I want you need to know in your AR machine who owes you money. So the first step when I've got when I've got lawyers who come to me, they go, I'm I'm not making enough profit. Okay, the first thing I do is I start diagno diagnosing where they're at. And so I start asking questions like, okay, how many clients files do you have? Um, how many of those clients have an open balance? Of those clients that have an open balance, how many of them are what I call on plan versus off plan? So they've agreed to hire your firm, they've agreed to the fee structure. They've maybe agreed to a payment plan or not, but they're on plan with you, that you consider them, they've made their payments as you expected them to make their payments. And what I find is most attorneys can't answer these questions. So before we can put this system into place, you need to know that if you don't know the answers to those questions, I'm not, I'm not beating on you, I'm just telling you, you gotta know them. So, so the easiest way, and I, I'm, we're not gonna get caught up into fancy software today. So. Listen, the easiest way to do this is you've all got client files. You've all have matter files that tell you kind of where you are with your client, what the case value was, and, and whether they've got payment plans or not. So that, that information is somewhere, um, likely in a file. You just have your son, your daughter, an intern, your wife, your husband, uh, your secretary, somebody in, in the extra hours of the day. Just go through the files and start compiling a list. And just put it on a Google uh, sheet, so a Google sheet, not Excel sheet. Go to Google. And the reason I want you to use Google is because multiple people can share it. And, and so you just have to make sure you know who owes you money and how much they owe you. And are they on plan or are they not on plan? That, that's so important. Um, so does anybody have any questions? I'm gonna, if you have questions, you can go ahead and, and put them into the chat. Um, if not, I'm just going to keep rolling. So I'll keep my eye on it. Um, but but really we and and again I'm, at the end I will open up for just general Q and A so you can ask you can write questions down too if you don't want to break the flow so that's technique number one 
inspect by report. If you don't have that, you have to have it. So let's assume that you can have, you either have it or you're going to get it. All right. Now, this is my second promise that I made to you. This is the, I told you I was going to teach you one thing that your competitors aren't doing. And this is called create a simple offer. So here's what I want you to do. And this is a super simple system that I'm going to tell you. So you're going to want to write down. All right. So we talked earlier, if you weren't on the call when I asked this question earlier, I said, what is the one thing that is on the mind of every single person in America who earns an income right now? And the answer was tax, all right? That was the answer everybody came back to. So yeah, taxes. Um, you're, the big boys are already doing your job for you. And so here's what I did in the law firm that I built. So in this time of year, this January till April, I created a simple offer, all right? And all the offer was is I, I went out, I put an ad in the paper to find a bookkeeper, all right? And I found a bookkeeper, and you'd, be, you'd think that it would be hard to find a bookkeeper this time of year, and I gotta tell you, it wasn't, I found one. And I found a bookkeeper who was looking for what I call wholesale work. So if you know anything about the tax world, um, to go get your taxes filed at H&R Block or whatever is typically around 250 to $400, you know, for a simple filing, right? And TurboTax is, is putting on the whole, it's free, right? So um, there's already this thought that's going on in their mind that it's possible that it's free, but many people don't want to do it on their own. It's free if you do it on your own, but it's not free if you hire somebody to do it. So there's, a, there's already a price point kind of put out there for people to have their taxes done. However, when you hire a bookkeeper that does it as a wholesale work, because you're going to give them work in bulk, you're going to find that they're going to charge you 50 to $75 to do an easy return. And most people just need uh, an easy return. So what you need to know is you need to find yourself a wholesale bookkeeper that'll do it for somewhere between 50 and $75. And they work with the client. They harvest all the documents. They do the filing. And, and you get it done. Now, he here's why this is important. Because now you're not going to pay – you're going to give somebody what's considered money at a discount, right? You're not going to charge them anything for this. Your offer is going to be that you'll do their taxes for free, you know, for the 2017 tax filing year, okay? And so I just want to make – it's just a simple offer. The basis of the offer is we are going to do your taxes for free. That's kind of the headline. Not – Here's how you get your taxes done for free if you do it yourself. No, we're going to do the work for you, and we're going to do your taxes for free. And as a firm, it's going to cost you $50 or $75 to do that. Now, that, that it might sound like a cost to you, but remember, we're going back to the original data, and we're looking at all the people who owe you money and who aren't on plan. And I suspect most firms, from my experience, most of the people who owe them money aren't on plan. So we're using this tax, uh, free tax solution to get people to get back on plan. So that's the first step. And so, we're, so let me just say, we're creating an offer. The offer is we're going to do your taxes for free, and we are going to communicate with, first and foremost, all of the clients that you have who either owe you large sums of money and are in small plans or are on a plan with you but are not actually on plan. They're what we consider off plan. They're not making their payments on time. They're missing their retainer refreshment or, 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 the, or they're missing their payments, whatever it looks like in your world. We're going to identify who they are, and we're going to create an offer 
that offers to do their taxes for free. Now, in return, they are going to do a multitude of things. Either they are going to get on plan with you, they are going to pledge their um, tax return to you, possibly they are going to pay you off in full right now um, in, and with a credit card knowing that you're going to get their taxes filed and you're going to pay, they're going to pay their credit card off with the uh, returns. I couldn't do that in, a, in the bankruptcy firm because we couldn't take credit cards. We can only take debit cards. So for us, it was oftentimes used as getting them back on plan and making a pledge of their tax return to pay us in full. And that's how we did it. So I would, the, the agreement was, we'll do your taxes for free if you agree to come get on plan with us. So get on plan first, not we'll do your taxes, then you get on plan. No, no, you, you come up to being on plan, whatever that looks like. If you were paying $200 every two weeks and you're two months behind, we need you to get the 600 bucks and get on plan. Or, or, or I'd work with people and say, okay, listen, you can't get the 600, let's just start new. Let's make the first $200 payment today. And two weeks from now, we're going to make a $200 payment again, and we're going to get back on plan. Or the $200 was more aggressive and I needed to change it, we would change it. If it, was, if it needed to be $150 or $100, I didn't care. What I cared was, was that they were going to get on plan with me. The second thing that we were going to do was that we were going to have them pledge their tax return. So we, we're not H&R Block and we can't have the money come to us that then we then give to them. So um, which is which is incidentally a whole other conversation about a law firm potentially owning a tax firm at some point, but we're not going to go there. So just know that you can't, you can't get them to literally pledge your, the money and have it come to you um, in most circumstances. But what you can do is you can have them pledge it and say that they're going to bring the check into you, um, or you can schedule the um, you can schedule the payment plan to come out of their debit card. Uh, uh, on a certain date based on when you know they're going to get their money. All right. So uh, that's the goal. The goal is to get them to pledge. So this is the simple offer. Now, your competitors aren't doing this. Tax solution is interesting, but did you inform your update, your malpractice insurance character, are they bookkeeper, and identify the firm? Yeah. So good question, Tamika. Uh, so, um, so yes, you should always let your malpractice insurance provider know what you're doing. Um, and we make sure we put it under the scope. Um, I'm not a lawyer, uh, full disclosure, so you, should, you need to know that I, I, uh, I let the lawyer handle that. Um, but yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime you're in business and you're adding a new service area, you want to make sure your malpractice and your E&O insurance, is, as well as your general liability insurance, uh, is made aware. Getting a little bit of feedback. Let's just make sure I uh, see who's maybe not muted. Anybody? Um, anyway, okay. So, so it's not bugging me as long as it's not bugging everybody else. All right. So um, let's keep going. So that's that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a simple offer, straightforward. Everybody get it? I'm, I'm assuming everybody gets it. I'm gonna keep going. Ask if you need to. All right. The third technique is now we are going to take the offer and we're gonna communicate via email. And this is the this is what I want to talk to you about techniques. So again. If you're not in my world and you don't have Infusionsoft or Aweber or Constant Contact or some system that's managing your emails and you're still using Outlook, I don't want you to get caught up in, oh, I don't have software to do this, okay? 
I'm not, I'm not, we're not building out a fancy campaign that's going to turn on and turn off. I'm, I'm literally saying we're just going to send an email offer out. Maybe we'll send it out a couple of times throughout the year. And, and if somebody comes in and takes advantage of it, we may have to take them off the list. And it, but I'm just talking about building even, even in your Outlook account. Just sending your emails, a batch of emails through your Outlook account to your existing clients. Most people, most people don't have hundreds and thousands of clients that owe the money. There are some firms that do, and if you do, you, you probably already have a, a system to manage your emails, and you, you don't need to use Outlook. If you're a smaller firm and you have a couple of dozen people who owe you money, um, we're, we're talking about putting money in your pocket right now. You can do this through Outlook, okay? But just the email is you know, make sure you use a subject line that is attractive. So, you know, um, hey, I, I want I want to share with you how I'll, I'll do your taxes for free or, um, you know, use their first name. Hey, Rich, if you're if it's an email program, they can do this pretty easy. Um, going to do your taxes for free or more information about getting your taxes done from free from this law firm. You know, you'll test different email subject lines. But my point is, I'm not as interested as as the subject line and the copy, and I don't need you to get it, make it really complicated. It's literally just as simple as, dear John, um, I hope this message finds you doing well. Um, this is um, Joe from the office of Joe Smith. I, I, I am excited to serve you in your case. Um, I know we've communicated in the past about your um, outstanding balance. I want to put that aside for a minute and just let you know, I've created a program that I'm going to be able to do your taxes for free. I thought it might be interesting to you. Let me know if you'd like to schedule a time to talk. And that's it. And if you don't want to talk about their open balance, don't. But just keep it simple. And just have them email you back if they want to schedule a time to talk. It just doesn't have to be that complicated. I promise you, if you just do this alone, you'll start getting responses immediately. And that's it's really the most important part is starting to get responses, okay? Now that's step one. Uh, step two is, got to do it through text messaging. Again, if you're not a firm that has a fancy piece of software that does this for you, and they're not expensive, but I don't want you to get into getting complicated, go down to your local phone company that you have and add an extra phone line for a couple of bucks a month. Get a cheap phone, a cheap smartphone. They're, they're super cheap these days. You can get an old iPhone or an old Android phone and have it be your office cell phone and have your sister, your mother, your brother, your cousin, your husband, your wife, your secretary, your somebody, just start texting your clients that same message, although brief, more brief, right? You don't, we don't want to be a five-message long text, but hey, we figured out how to do your taxes for free. Let me know if you're interested, law firm of Joe Smith from law firm of. Just something simple. Again, we're going to communicate using what I call the five senses of communication. In this case, we're, we're gonna, we, I'm talking about four of them today. But I just want you to keep it simple, just a simple text message and start saying, hey, we, here's the offer we've made. Are you interested in it? Okay? Let's see if anybody has any questions. No questions. Okay, good. Fifth, if you haven't guessed, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to use direct mail. Again, I don't need you to go buy any fancy lists. We're talking about small lists of people. Somebody that you know, friend, family, somebody in your firm can take a simple letter on your letterhead, right? It doesn't, it's not advertisement anymore. So you don't have to put advertising on it anymore because it's not solicitation. You're sending it to a client. 
And so you don't have to worry about all the rules and regulations around advertising. All you got to do is put in an envelope, put a stamp on it. The letter should be no different than the email. You should do all of these because not everybody, listen, only 26% on average of people open email rates. And, and, if, and, and oftentimes it's lower than that if, if depending on your list or how old their emails are. Um, text messages are great, but not all firms have cell phones for every one of your clients. You should, which is bringing me all the way back to harvesting, right? If you're not harvesting the right information about your clients as you're going through, we, we've got a challenge, all right? So, um, but I don't, want to di I don't want to digress, but direct mail, pretty much everybody's going to open it, especially if it's on the lawyer's envelope. It, it, they just typically are going to open that mail. Um, because they're your, you're their firm that they hired. Um, you can get fancy if you want and send it in certified mail. You could send it in FedEx if you want. I mean, if the balances are big enough, you, you certainly can do that, and that will increase open rate. But right now, all I care about is we start sending this message in direct mail. And then finally, the sixth technique, and this is the one where I think most people miss it. I, honest to God, I think this is, where, this is where law firms miss it more often than not for me. And this is follow up with a phone call. And so you've sent the email, you've sent the text message, you sent the direct mail piece. The person on the phone, somebody in your world, not you, please, not you, the lawyer, I'm begging you, don't do it. It's just not a good idea for you to be in a collection situation. If you, I mean, it's not a good idea for, you know, yes, there are times when lawyers can collect better than anybody else because of all of the right reasons. It's just not the thing I want you doing. It's not something you have to do. Somebody else can make this phone call and, and leave voice messages. You know, have a little scripted voice message that's basically the same script that we used in the email and the direct mail and just says, you know, hey, this is Jim calling from the office of Joe Jones. Um, Mr. Jones found a way to get your taxes done for free. I want you to know we're offering it as a service to you as a client of ours. Give me a call back if you're interested, 555-1212. That's it. And you probably would have, you know, you probably saw a text message from us. You probably saw an email from us. I'll try you back. There's a limited window on this. There's only so many we can do, whatever. And so put a little limited supply on there if you'd like to. But I'm not actually asking you to get sexy. I'm not asking, I'm not asking you to get copy, you know, writer talented on this. I'm just asking you to, to just do these things. And I'm, I'm asking you not to do them, asking somebody else to do them. And then what I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to build a system for this, right? So what I want you to do is I want you to build a system for this. So let me, let me see, I'm going to stop this share and then I'm going to, um, hello. Hope everybody's still there because my screen went blank. There we go. We're back. Okay. So I'm going to stop this share, and then I'm going to I want to do another one, uh, and I'm going to do it like this because I want to I want to share this. All right, so let's do it like this. All right, so um, I, what I want you to do is I want you to build a system for this because just because we did it now doesn't mean we're done. First of all, this is a campaign that yes is relevant for taxes. But if, if you're, we, we created an offer, we just happen to create an offer that's going on in their mind. Well, you know, you could certainly create an offer that's going on in their mind. Um, and you can, um, you can have it be about summer vacation. You can have it be about going back to school. You can have it be about the holidays. 
you know, you could do some other sort of offer and you could, you know, you can discount their open balance. You can do other things. You don't just have to do free taxes. Um, I'm just happening to use that right now because it's relevant. And this is the time where people happen to be flush with cash. I, you know, I was just, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who's moonlighting as a, um, he's a controller at a big company, but he's moonlighting at a, at a, um, um, an H&R block. And he's doing it because he wants to find out how they operate because he's thinking about opening up his own little side tax practice. And so he's working for 12 bucks an hour uh, and giving his labor to this company that he figured out, which is a great lesson in and of itself. But um, what I, what I want to mention is that, you know, he was telling me about all the people uh, that are getting three and six thousand um, dollar kid tax credit returns. So, so, so they didn't make enough money. They made twenty or less than twenty thousand dollars a year, and so their taxes are, you know, whatever that tax line is exempt. But they have two or three kids, and they get tax credits, and they're literally getting a refundable tax credit from the government. And oftentimes these are folks that you find in your world. And so they are gonna be flush with money now more than ever. So I promise you, this is the time we wanna pay attention to this, but I want you to build a system because one, I want you to be able to repeat this next year, but two, I want you to repeat it at different times in the year uh, so that you, you never struggle with this. I also want to build the system for uh, the next reason. So. Uh, I want to create what I call appointment solution. So I, I thought this was funny. Uh, I'm saying a permanent solution. But this, this is the this is the Rocky clip, right? So when when um, when Mickey was uh, uh, telling Rocky he couldn't fight anymore, and Rocky wanted to, it was Rocky too. Rocky wanted to come back, and he wanted to fight Apollo Creed again, and and Mickey was telling him that he couldn't do it. And, and uh, you know, Rocky was saying that he could, and, and Mickey kind of proved it to him. And, and he, he said, you know, what's going to happen to you? And he says he's going to hurt you, and he's going to hurt you. Is it not going to play? Of course it's not going to play. That's great. I love it. I love it. It worked today. It worked at the practice round. Okay, so Mickey says he's going to hurt you appointment, right? Uh, so here we go. Mickey's going is going to help you appointment. And there you go. It uh, it's gonna it's gonna tell me that the program is slow to respond. So not only not only are we having a problem with it playing, but it's telling me it's it's having a problem with the program responding. So we're gonna restart that program. So here's what we want to do, right? So we're gonna we're gonna make sure that um, we reopen up this screen for you, so you can see it again. And there you go. And we'll scroll through these screens so that you have them um, and then I'm going to teach you how to do the permanent solution yep there it goes and good and so let's let's just make sure that works so we're going to open up and we're going to do what we call the permanent solution so what is the permanent solution? When you're on a when you're on the phone and we've got a phone, we're, we want to do a reactive scenario rather than I mean a proactive scenario rather than a reactive scenario. What we find most law firms do is they are in a reactive mode. Okay, um, and let me shrink this down and get you back up because we've got it working again. Share my screen. Here is the PowerPoint slides, and we will off so that we don't get that to happen again and we will 
come through. There you go. Assuming everybody can now see my screen again. Let me go to my chat section, just make sure everybody can see me. All right. So um, anybody, somebody just hit, make sure they let me know you can see my screen if you would, or give me a thumbs up or whatever. Yep, good. Okay, great. So uh, the six techniques. So follow up with a phone call. So here it is. Uh, I took that video out. So what we want to do is we want to do a, pro a proactive rather than a reactive solution. Okay. This is the permanent solution. So let me ask you a question. Uh, on a scale from one to 10, uh, you guys can type this in there. Um, uh, how important, it, it, one being not very important, 10 being like the most important thing that is in your business. How important is cash flow to your business? Type it in. One is not important, 10 is the most important thing you've got. Yeah, okay. Um, on a scale from one to 10, one being not very good at it, 10 being very good at it, second question. Um, how good are your clients at managing their cash flow? Yeah, five, seven, six, three, five. Yeah, right. Not very good, right? And so what we find is, is my question is this. Why do we let um, clients who are not real good at managing their cash flow manage the cash flow of the law firm? This is the thing that always confused me. Because, um, there we go, I found that little bit of background noise and I muted it. Um, what confused me is if cash flow is like so important, what happens in most law firms is a, a client comes in and the lawyer tells them what they're going to do and they diagnose the situation and they, the, the client says, yeah, I want to hire you. And then they they quote the fee, and then the client hymns and haws and doesn't know how they're going to pay for it. And, and maybe the lawyer has a payment plan they can put them on, and they tell them they can pay you know X amount of dollars over time, depending on the case type and the length of the case and all sorts of things. And then what happens is the client leaves, and the firm doesn't put the client on a, a specific plan, and they they kind of let them pay what they can when they can based on the necessity or the pressure of what's going on in the law firm or their case. And so it, it never works because now the client is, who's not good at managing their money never stays on plan the way you want them to, or at least a high percentage of them don't. And then you, the law firm, are end up with a cash flow situation where you've got the employees you need to work the case, but now the revenue's not coming in to manage the case. And what happens is you get inverted on your, on your profit and loss statement and you're not making profit the right way. This is why this happens, okay? It happens more times, it's either that or, or you're not charging enough for your fees, which is, which is a whole other argument um, that we can talk about. But what really happens more often than not, if you take payments, there's no plan for it. So the second step, and this is the promise I made you, I'd give you a step-by-step -step kind of how to make this permanent. The second step is that you have to make sure uh, that you schedule a payment plan. So here's the rule. You have to have a rule of engagement for your firm that says, if you're going to accept payment plans in your firm, that anybody can go on a payment plan with your firm. So any client can go on a payment plan. But no client can go on a payment plan without a specific in writing committed plan with a form of payment. So if you're the one who's in the consult room, if you're the lawyers in the consult room, and I get it, a lot of you are, and you're meeting with your clients and they want to go on a payment plan with you, 
They can do it, but they can only do it if you get a firm in writing how they're going to pay you, like what method, credit card, debit card, cash, check, and I prefer debit card or credit card if I can, 100% of the time. Um, and when are they going to pay you and how much are they going to pay you? And that's in writing in the client service agreement, your fee agreement, whatever you call it. Okay? That's step that's step one or step two on this. You have to first identify how important this is to you. If, if payment, if cash flow is not important to you, then we'll just skip this, I guess. Um, here's the second thing I want to do. Now I want you to have somebody in your office, not you. Again, not you. Somebody. Again, if you don't have any employees, have, your, have a family member do it for you. And just start taking a filing cabinet, file folder, one of those accordion things, I don't care. Just put files in there and have it be from 1 to 31. It should say 31, not 30. There's 31 days in a month. I don't know why I put 30. That's my fault, nobody else's. It should say 1 to 31 um, because there's 31 days in the month, right? And all that is is a place for you to put when that payment is due. So when J if John says he's going to pay you on every Friday, well, you know, based on the calendar, what days of the month these Fridays fall. And so let's say the first Friday is a seventh, for lack of a better number. You're going to put the John's payment plan in the seventh. And whoever's managing this is going to go into the, on the seventh and open it up and go, okay, John's going to pay us today on credit card. I'm going to run the credit card or the debit card. John's check is supposed to be here. Is it here? John was supposed to have a drop off cash. Did he drop it off? No. Okay. So now we know what happened on the seventh. And, and if John paid, well, John's paying every Friday. So that means on the 14th, now we're going to move it over to the 14th. It's super simple. Again, folks, I'm not talking about software. If you've got software, great. I love software. But if you don't have it, I, I'm just not trying to make software a barrier. Okay. So just make sure we're having a system that is working by date. All right. And then, and then what's going to happen is we're going to proactively, not reactively call. So what happens in law firms is we know that law firms, the number one complaint to bar associations about law firms is the lack of communication. We know it. We know law firms are not great communicators for lots of reasons. Not because you don't want to be. It's, it's, it's because sometimes because clients are pain in the rear end. It's sometimes because there's just nothing going on in their case and there's nothing to communicate about. It's sometimes because Nobody in the law firm is everybody so inundated with returning the calls of the people who are taking care of them. There's no time to call anybody on purpose. There's so many reasons for this that, that I get it, but none of it matters because all that matters is that the clients think that you're lousy communicators. They, they voted on it with their complaints to the bar association. They voted on it by not giving you great Google reviews. And so when you turn into a proactive communicator, what happens is you end up changing your view in the client's eye, even though you're proactively communicating about their payment plan. But here's the thing. We're not, we're not going to proactively communicate about the payment plan. We're going to proactively communicate about the relationship. So somebody, again, not you, needs to be on the phone making these calls, communicating with people who are on plan with you. Now, here's my rule of engagement. This is important. If you are, have people on a payment plan and they're paying you via debit card or credit card, you don't call them until after the payment has been made. So you use the date of their payment, regardless of how they're paying you, as the date of the marker for your call. If they're paying you via credit card or debit card and you have it set up automatically or you manually run it, you don't call them until after that payment has either been made or it fails. 
here's the reason. If you call them in advance, they're liable to ask you not to run the payment because they're not very good at managing their money and they get, you gave them the opportunity to stop. And if they ask you that question, odds are pretty good you're not gonna not do it. Some firms will, but many firms will acquiesce. So I don't want you calling them until after the card is run. If they're paying in cash or, or check, you know by the date of the payment that either the payment came in or it didn't. So we're calling them. If the payment came in on that date, uh, let's assume the payment did come in. We're calling them. We're not calling them about their payment, even though that's the trigger for the call. We're calling them about their family, about their relationship, about what's going on in their life. You know, the person making these calls has to know at least why they're hiring your firm, what's going on. They should know how many kids they have, if they're married, are they working, are they not working, were they injured? What's going on in their life so they can form a real relationship-like communication with them. See, this is not about being a collection agency. This is about bu building a relationship with your client. If you do that, you're going to have your clients love you more because you're communicating with them. And then at the end of that conversation, whatever reason you call them about their birthday, their anniversary, their kids, their whatever, the weekend, um, now you can then bring up, hey, by the way, want to let you know the payment went through. And uh, congratulations, you're one step further closer to being paid in full. Or, um, you know, hey, unfortunately, I didn't see the payment come through. Um, tell me, what do we need to do? How do I need to come alongside you to keep you on plan? They're going to tell you what's going on. Ah, I'm coming down later today. Oh, I'm sorry, I put it in the mail yesterday. Um, yeah, you know, I got my credit card got, got stolen. Um, my debit card got stolen. I needed a new one. There's all sorts of reasons. But now, proactively, we know. Here's the other thing. If we start this from the very first phone call, from the very moment they hire your firm, as soon as they hire your firm, the first call they should get is from the person who's going to keep them on plan versus off plan. And they should build a relationship with them. If they start this in the beginning and they know that Sally's going to call them and Sally's sweet and Sally's kind and Sally cares, they're more apt to take Sally's call, even though they know they owe you money. And so that's what we want. We want them to take Sally's call. So how do we get them to take Sally's call? we make sure that Sally starts proactively calling rather than reactively calling. All right. Anybody have questions about this? No. Okay. The seventh technique, final technique. Let's take the offer and add it to your existing marketing. So once you get used to this and you know what to do, now you can use it as lead generation. So if you use TV, and many of you don't, but some of you do, if you use TV, when you're in the commercial, um, depending on whether you shot a new commercial or you're being interviewed on a segment like I like to do, even if you're talking about a book, you can now float this in. You could pretty easily, on any commercial you already have, do a voiceover and add a little chop off a section and add in a section of, hey, call us now to find out how to get a, um, your taxes done for free. We're going to do a free tax return. Um, you could make an entire commercial about it. Now, if we're not going to use TV as the media, um, maybe, we're, maybe we're using pay-per-click as the media. Why couldn't we have pay-per-click and a landing page um, and a video where you're talking about the fact that you'll do their tax returns for free? Listen, if you're willing to do tax returns for free for somebody who owes you $700, $800, $2,000, $5,000, whatever it is, 
And would, would you not do tax returns for free if somebody came in and hired you as a new client? If I said to you, hey, listen, somebody's going to hire you to be a new client, an average client value of $2,500. I don't know what yours is. But let's just say it's $2,500. Would you not pay $50 or $75 to acquire that client? Yeah, of course you would. So $50 to $75 is, is a small amount of money to acquire the client. So why wouldn't you use that in your marketing? So whether you have a newspaper ad or you use direct mail or you, or you use TV, radio, or internet marketing, you can certainly use this story that you've got about taxes and you can develop this stuff. And by the way, when you develop it for this year, then you can use it next year. Now, I don't want you to put the cart in front of the horse because this is the reason I told you this last. Because the danger is, the risk is, that you end up trying to do this first. I need you to make sure you put the system in place first and understand what your offer is and start to test it on your clients because they're going to be, you're going to find the holes, you're going to find the better language, and they're going to be more understanding, and they're going to give you more wide berth than our prospects. So I want you to make sure you do this with them first so you can develop the system and then go and add it to your existing marketing. And then once you do it for your tax return model that we just laid out today, as I said, why couldn't you learn that, oh, wow, events like freemiums that I give away tend to work better in my marketing than just regular boring advertising looking for people who are needing my services. And that's the truth, right? When, you advertise, when most law firms advertise, think about how they advertise. They advertise, hey, if you're in an accident, if, you're a, if you are in financial difficulty, if you've been arrested of a DUI, if you're facing a divorce scenario, if you're trying to keep your kids, if you are had somebody die in your family and you're worried about your estate, if, you, if you're trying to get your green card, whatever, uh, if you want to see if you're qualified for any of these things, typically your advertisement is call us for a free consultation. I'm not going to argue whether that's right or wrong. What I'm saying is, first of all, you're not different than anybody else that's doing it. All of the other lawyers in your town are doing the same thing. And secondly, all you're looking for is buyers. So you're hoping to put your ad out there so you run into the buyer who's looking for you on Google or, or whatever, driving down the road on the, on the, at seeing a billboard. But we, we need the trick to the game is to look for more than buyers in marketing. See, in marketing, there is what we call skimmers and divers. Divers are people who are ready right now. They are experiencing so much pain that they need to make a decision today. Well, that's what most lawyer advertising is going after. But what we want is we want the skimmers, people who are not necessarily ready to commit to a law firm today, but they would be interested in a free book, a free report, or they'd be interested in learning how to get their taxes done, or they'd be interested in some other offer that you've got some other time throughout the course of the year. It's an old technique that Estee Lauder used to do just called gift with purchase. It was really founded back in the early 1900s, gift with purchase. That's the psychology here. The, the uh, Cialdini, the guy who wrote the book Influence, calls it um, you know, the law of reciprocity. We give them something for free, they'll give us something in return. So existing marketing, we want to add this to our existing marketing. That is the seventh technique. So, um, I've covered the I, I've covered all the things I promised I'd cover. I, ga I gave you the thing that your competitor is not doing. Gave you a step-by-step -step system how to manage your phones. Uh, I gave you the seven techniques. 
Um, how, what's the fastest way for you to see a result in your bank account? Blaine would have asked me. Um, is do it. Just, just trust me. Just, I know that you're busy. I know that if you're in chaos right now, if you identified yourself as being in chaos um, because you're, you're, you're in debt, you're working seven days a week, there's not enough time, or, or you're in growth, here's what you need to know. Your only path out of that, your only path out of that is figuring out the right thing to do from five to nine. You see, you're going to make a, your living from nine to five. That's the reality. That's how businesses operate. You make your living from nine to five, but you make your fortune from five to nine. Or in this case, you obtain your freedom from five to nine. You have to carve out some time in your day to work on this stuff. It's the only way it's going to happen. No little elf is going to come and do it for you. There is no firm I've ever met. There's no company I've ever met that will walk into a law firm and just do this for you. Trust me, I've looked. Okay? They don't, they don't exist. If they did exist, I would highly recommend that you hire them. There's companies that will do marketing for you, and there's companies that will help you even maybe with some management, but there's no company that will help you build these systems. This has to come from you, the entrepreneurial-minded attorney, and so you're going to have to find time to do this. And so the fastest way to do it is to just to get bank, money in your bank is to do it now. Now, if you're new to our world and you're not a client, you're not a member, you're not on this phone, and you don't really know what we're all about and, and you want to do it, you can go ahead and you can, I talked to you about this earlier, schedule a free consultation with us. You can go to therichardjames.com forward slash PPGP. That's Peter, Peter, George, Peter, PPGP. That stands for Personalized Practice Growth Plan. And we'll spend some time with you and we'll try to help you understand how to do it yourself or show you how our program works. But, but you know, that that's an option. But at the end of the day, you chose to be, well, maybe you didn't choose to be, but you are an entrepreneurial-minded attorney. You're on this call because you're an entrepreneurial-minded attorney. You're on this call because you see your law firm, uh, you know, as your calling, but you also have it as a practice, as a business. And so you, you have this entrepreneurial drive. You, you realize there's more to the story. Now, this is one small step in more to the story. It's a big step. If done correctly, will will make a massive difference in your practice. But let me uh, uh, see. Uh, by the way, if if you're if you're coming on that PPGP, uh, just so you know, one of the things that we do is we we identify if you're in chaos or growth, or are you in healthy and free, and then then we share with you how to go from chaos and growth, and and how to go to healthy or free. Uh, and then and the other thing is you're going to discover there's thousands and thousands of attorneys just like you that are struggling. And we're going to share with you what, what they've developed and what they've learned. Um, let's go to the Q&A. So I'll uh, leave that website URL up there if somebody wanted to go and schedule their own uh, personalized practice growth plan. But let me go into the Q&A. I've covered a, a fair amount. Does anybody have any questions for me today? I, I scheduled an hour and a half for this call today because uh, I figured it was going to take a little longer. If you've got questions, I'll stick around and answer for them. If you don't, um, we can call it a day. But in the chat area, you can go ahead and you can type in any questions that you have. And I'm, I'm happy to answer them for you if you've got any. All right, so today we laid out the seven steps to maximizing your profit. Inside of that, we talked about the accounts receivable machine. Inside the accounts receivable machine, um, we really paid attention to uh, the seven steps of write, writing an offer, then taking that offer and communicating it via email, via text message, via direct mail, then via the telephone, uh, and then taking that telephone and turning it into a permanent proactive rather than reactive system to maintain your collections process 
And then finally, we talked about taking this system, uh, the offer that we created, and, and putting it into your marketing so you can develop some marketing strategies that will start to look for skimmers, not just the buyers, just like everybody else is doing. So I don't see any questions coming up. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it, unless I'll give you, you know, one more second. If anybody has a question, go ahead and send it in. I'm not seeing any, so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it a day. Let's see. Well, most of my practice is contingent fee work. Yeah. So, Michael, um, I, I, you know, I started – so here's the thing about contingent fee work. So first of all, you said most of my practice, which means some of your practice isn't. And um, I would, if I was on the phone with you, I would be asking you, well, which part of your practice do you want to grow? Do you want to grow the contingency side of your practice, or do you want to grow the um, – hourly billing or flat fee side of the practice. So let me ask you that. You want to control your grow the contingency side. Okay. Is it personal injury, workers comp, uh social security disability? One of those three or something like that? Okay. So so you know that in that side of your practice, um it's not about you getting paid, right? Meaning like you're it's not about you physically getting paid. What it's about for you is okay, mainly car what it's about for you is getting the work processed in time so the case can settle more efficiently and on time or as per expected. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So, so the question is, how do you use this strategy to ensure that you get your cases um, worked the way you need them worked so that you can get the case settled in a faster period of time. Sometimes there are things out of your control, like defense, um, insurance, and things like that. I get it, uh, doctors. But with your client, when you're waiting on things from your client and you're communicating with them or you're waiting on things from other people besides yourself, the question is, how can I utilize marketing to communicate with the people I need something from. Now, I don't know the answer off the top of my head for you specifically to what you're going through, I, but here's what I know. There's something that each of these people that you need to communicate with um, wants, whether it's information, whether it's your time, whether it's your attention. Um, they're not gonna need a discount. They probably don't need their taxes done, but maybe they do. Um, but if you're waiting on somebody for something, wherever that bottleneck is, the question you have to ask yourself is how can I use marketing and proactive communication? And, and of all the things that I talked about today, the most important thing I would say for you is the proactive communication both to your clients and both to all parties involved in the case um, to be managed and moving them from one stage to the next. And so when I work PI firms to get them to reduce the amount of months it takes for a case to close. And that's really the metric I'm looking at. How many months does it take me to get the case to close? Because the value of the case, Social Security Disability different, I get it. But in a PI case specifically, the value of the case oftentimes is in, in simple PI cases are not going to vary whether this took nine months or this took 16 months. I'm going to get about the same value for the case. It oftentimes has to do with how we're working the case. And so I'm, I take a marketing approach and say, okay, inside of this, what are the stages you run inside of your firm? And then how can I use marketing and strategic offers to communicate to those people as I go through the case? Now, I also want to make sure 
that it, it, because you will be building, like, I don't know that we're going to use something like taxes. So I'm going to try to use something what I call evergreen. I'm going to try to come up with offers that I can use that are evergreen and communications I can use, come up with that are evergreen, uh, meaning that I can use them forever. And I'm going to build that system so that whether the case comes in January or the case is in December, I can use this communication system that I can load into software like Infusionsoft or things like that, that it can evergreen the communication. So I don't know that that answers your question directly. How can you use an offer for a contingency case um, to manage collections? Um, the answer is the offer has to be tied directly to moving the bottleneck of one stage to the next stage to ultimately reduce the amount of time it takes for you to get paid. Hope that helps. Clients have a close relationship with me. The attorney versus my intake reception. Shouldn't I be the person asking for the my firm, the retainer, are thousands? Very helpful. Yeah. So, Tamika. So um, that's a common, you know, that's a common misnomer. So let me ask, Tamika. Did you tell me that you would ultimately like to be free? Okay, so if you would ultimately like to be free, then the only way for me to get you free is to replace yourself in certain roles. And so I know that right now clients have a closer relationship with you, the attorney, versus your intake receptionist. Shouldn't you be the person asking for fees? My problem is, is that that's, a, that's you wearing a $20 or $25 an hour hat, or maybe $15 an hour hat, depending on your demographic and how, often, how much you pay people. And that's not the highest and best use of your job. Would you get better results? Yeah. I was talking to Scott David Stewart the other day. Many of you know him. He's a longtime client of me, divorce, family law. One of the first guys that figured out, that I worked with, figured out how to get family law uh, to be where he, he really wasn't, he doesn't do any of the work anymore. And, and, and we had this conversation about, you know, other attorneys that, that we've worked with, he's worked with, that I've worked with. And he says, you know, because he's seen my membership for years now. He says, you know, the number one challenge I find with attorneys that want to be free is that they're not used to things being done at about 90% of the level that they usually can get them done. In other words, what he was saying to me, and I, I, these are my words, not his, attorneys are very used to getting things done right and done well, and in some cases done perfectly. And that, there's a lot of reasons for that. There's a, some law school reasons for that. I've never been to law school, but I've been told. Uh, there's some you know, upbringing reasons for that. There's some personality-driven reasons for that. And, and all that's fine. But if you're going to truly become free, like really become free, one of the hardest things for attorneys to do is to have a mindset change that it's possible that other people can do things in their firm that it's not going to do it. They're not going to do as well as you likely 85 to 95, 90% as well as you would do them. But having that happen at 90% is going to allow your firm to grow more freely without you involved and having you do your highest and best work. Does that answer your question? Cool. Okay. About 3.23, anybody else have another question? I can answer it. Let me make sure I didn't miss one as I was talking, looking you in the eye. Percentage of increased fees. Oh, okay. What percentage of increased fees do you expect from this program? Are there other examples of gifts besides 
tax resolution as well. Okay, so increased fees. So let's talk about increased fees. So um, why does offering um, tax resolution or tax filings allow you to get increased fees? Well, when you're in initial consultation during the tax season, so you're not even using it in your marketing, when you build your when 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 attorney says to me they're not charged so they're not charging enough. I've done the diagnostics and I know they're not charging enough. Let's take a DUI attorney that's charging you know $1,900 for a DUI and tells me can't do it, can't raise my prices. Yet I know that I've got DUI attorneys that charge $6,500 every day of the week, and they say, well, their jurisdictions are different. They give me all the reasons why they can't do it. Okay, and I finally convince them to just try it. Just like, can we raise it $100? Okay. And after many, many moons of begging, they say yes. One of the easiest ways to raise prices, or the reason is to give added value. Because they, they think that the price that they charge is already as high as it needs to be in the market, and they would have to give more value to charge more. Now, that, that's a misnomer. That's not true, by the way. But they think that it is. And so it makes them feel better when they have a way to give added value. So... When you, when you want to raise your prices um, by having a freemium like I'll do your taxes for free, it gives you, it takes advantages of the law of reciprocity and allows you to, um, uh, it allows you to give the ta get, charge a higher fee. Now, as to how high the fee is, I don't want to sound like a lawyer here, but it all depends. I mean, if you're charging $1,900 for a DUI, and I really want you to charge $3,500, you know, uh, no reason why I couldn't see near 100% increase in price. Rick West, uh, for those of you that are members, there's a recording from Rick West on the dashboard. You should go grab it. Um, I interviewed him a number of years ago, and he was a bankruptcy, he is a bankruptcy attorney who is now wildly successful, you know, in his early stages when he and I were working together. He'd been in practice for a number of years, I think over 20, and uh, he was struggling with price. He was charging like 950 bucks. And, uh, and, and, you know, I kept saying, got to raise your prices, got to raise your prices. Anyway, bottom line is he, he kept telling me no until finally he got to the point where he said yes. And we had him raise him a hundred dollars at a time. And, and within, I think it was nine months, um, cause it was a hundred dollars every month. He was charging $1,850, which was double what he was charging. And, and in the last meeting, I remember he said to me as clear as day, I was sitting in a meeting and my, and the client came in and I told him the fee, $1,800. And the client took out a lot of hundred dollar bills, wrapped up the uh, $1,800 and had like $400 left and said, well, thank goodness I could take my wife out for dinner. I thought it was going to be more expensive than that. And Rick was just crushed. He realized, oh my goodness, right? Folks, listen, the fees, I promise you fees in a law firm is, is it's, it's between here. The value you create for your clients, I, I know that you have judges that can dictate fees. I know you have trustees that can dictate fees. I get it. I get you've got a lot of evil forces against you. I, you've got competitors that are suppressing price. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I do understand what you're faced with. Okay? It's why I say running a business is hard, running a law firm is harder. Okay. However, you can charge the right fee for your service, and you should. I've got a 19-year-old son who's, who's building websites from his dorm room, through Wix, my website, and we put out a plan. I just wrote a newsletter article about this. If, if he follows the plan based on the traffic he has, he, he wants to do $50,000 in 2018. And, and, and I put out a plan with him one night Saturday before he went back to school. He'll, he'll, he could do $400,000. Now, I don't know if he will, and, and, and 
he doesn't know if he will, but he made his first $17,000 sale like the day he went back. He's selling a website to somebody for $17,000. That's not what he sells websites for traditionally, but it just happened to be that package. So somebody needed a website and they paid $17,000. Now, I get it that a website's important to a business, and I know that that website can make that company money, but how does a website really rank in a person's life? I mean, when I hear that my kid can charge 950 bucks regularly to just do a simple website for somebody, and, and I have lawyers who struggle with charging the right fee, more than $1,000, to free somebody from hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt or keep them out of jail or keep them so they can keep their professional license or help them get their, their green card, I, I promise you there's something wrong with this picture, okay? You, you, you should charge the right fee. Not, not because I want you to make more money, but because it's going to help you help more people. Uh, of course, which one comes first, the system or the staff? The system. Yes, ma'am. Mika, the system comes first. The system runs your business. So um, I'm, I, I teach you to do what I do, and I do what I teach you to do. I had a replace. Um, I have um, I had two keep employees leave this year. We're recruited by a billion-dollar company, my business manager and my chief technology officer, and they were both recruited for high-paying jobs that I couldn't compete with. Fine. So they left, and I had a choice. I could immediately go out and hire, or for the last three years, they've been running my system. So I chose to go back in, and my wife came in, and she took on the interim business manager job because she's a professional manager, has been for a year, so she helped me out with the managing stuff. And then I dove back in, and I dove in all the technology, and I really, you know, many more hours than I put in my business for a long time, and redeveloped the systems, tweaked the systems, understood the systems, and and now it's time for me to replace myself by evidence of today you know today the fact that the reason why the the wrong you know uh, the wrong url went out or the wrong call in if you guys called over to the other numbers because i i'm still doing it right I, i'm i still haven't made, replaced myself because now i'm in the looking phase so i've figured everything out and i've got an assistant who helps but a lot of this stuff i'm still i'm still doing and so you have to build the system first and then bring the right person in to run it. If you don't know the system that runs your business and you want somebody else to build it, it's just not going to work. Before I hired John, before I hired the other, you know, his son, uh, Austin, um, and they, the, those, those are the two that were recruited, I already knew the systems. But over three years, they morphed and they changed and they grew and the business grew. And so I had to learn them again. So, yeah, uh, Mika, we want to get the systems done. All right, everybody, I've, this is Richard James. I hope you've had a great time. I've had a great time today uh, helping you build your practice one system at a time. Today, we're focusing on the accounts receivable machine. We're going to do this every month. I'm going to put out some good quality information every month, and hopefully we'll be, uh, I'll be here for questions, and we'll give you the insights you need to build the practice of your dreams. I'll see you on the other side. Housekeeping stuff. If you're coming to Partners Club in a couple of weeks, make sure you get those hotel rooms booked if you haven't already, and uh, bring your flip-flops because it's kind of warm out here in Phoenix. All right. Enjoy the day, everybody. Make it great.